Welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, filling in for Bruce Hooley. And that over there is Jeff Murtal producing, along with Alan Rogers. Thank you, gentlemen. You're doing a fantastic job. He is a charismatic native of Colombia whose parents legally entered the United States when he was a kid. He forged a career in the auto industry that started as a General Motors intern and ascended to one of the most successful dealers in the nation. He ran for the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate in 2022, and that's where I met him, a race eventually won by J.D. Vance. And last week, he announced his campaign for the 24 U.S. Senate race. He is Mr. Bernie Marino. Bernie, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. How are you, man? Jack, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, it's always an honor to be with you. Uh, thanks for agreeing to be with us today. Now, the last time we talked, you said that you were going to run once, and here we are. What changed? What changed is that it's, uh, it's crystal clear to me that these insider politicians, uh, both Democrats and Republicans, are, throwing, are, are driving our country off a cliff. And I just can't sit back and watch that happen. You know, the greatest gift my parents gave me was bringing me to this great country. And I have to stand up and fight for it. And if not, we're going to lose it, Jack. We won't, we won't give this great country in the right way to our kids, our grandkids, if we don't all stand up and fight. And that's what I'm going to do. Touche. And I think that you're not alone. I would assume that many of our listeners uh, tuning in right now share in the panic, share in the urgency, but also have some hope that things can change. Now, if you were to win the Republican nomination and win the general election, what would you do to change things in Washington, D.C.? Well, Jack, my superpower is going to be that because I wasn't born in this country, I can never be president of the United States. So I'm going to do something that's never been done before. I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. and just be a United States senator and represent the people of Ohio to get things done for them. Uh, that's, that's my goal. That's what I'll do. We've got to fight for the forgotten man and woman. We've got to fight for the middle class of this country to grow and prosper. And that's what I intend to do. Now, if you had to grade... Senator J.D. Vance, now he's obviously early in his first term. How would you grade uh, the work that he's doing? Well, I'm very biased. J.D.'s a good friend, a great guy. I'd give him a solid A. You know, he's uh, already doing all the things he said he was going to do, which is a big, uh, a big deal because politicians typically don't. But J.D.'s not a politician. He was an outsider. He was an entrepreneur. He didn't need the job. He, sac- he, 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 he sacrificed his prime earning years to go out there and serve our country. So I give him huge props for that. He's Palestine is the best example. In three months, he's introducing legislation that was 30 years past due. Sherrod Brown, of course, is hogging the cameras there, pretending he's the guy doing this. It was J.D. Uh, you know, Sherrod's been there for 30 years, did absolutely nothing. In fact, when the East Palestine situation was at its height, he's out in Hollywood raising money from wealthy liberals, uh, who, of course, love him because he is their senator. He is the senator of the wealthy and well-connected. He's the senator of the elites. He just comes to Ohio and he pretends he's something else. Uh, but we'll expose him. We're going to make sure certain that everybody knows the truth of who Sheriff Brown really is. You know, to your point about Senator Vance, it seems to me that things changed when he flipped on a camera and, you know, raked that stick across the bottom of that creek in East Palestine. It was that and former President Trump saying, hey, I'm going to go to Ohio 
all of a sudden, uh, Pete Buttigieg and uh, Joe Biden decided they were going to pay attention along with Michael Reagan. Um, let me ask you this. What's it going to take to be shared career politician Brown, who probably has one of the most durable brands in Ohio politics, uh, save Mike DeWine? And, and I might even say he's maybe more durable, but what's it going to take to beat Sherrod? Well, a couple of things. Number one, we have to expose him. He pretends he's more like Joe Manchin, where in reality he's just like Joe Biden. He's an extreme radical leftist. That's the policies he votes for. He just acts very differently when he's Ohio. And the media, of course, covers for him, Jack. You know that. The media, the media doesn't expose him for who he really is. So we will. That's number one. And number two, the Democrats and the media want this to be an absolute uh, disaster of a primary again. They want to have a very messy primary with a lot of candidates. At the end of the day, right now, is the way the primary is set up is perfect. We have a contrast between two people, the consummate insider career politician who's never created jobs, who's never done anything in the private sector of note, versus somebody who is from the outside, who's from outside the political world, who's doing this to serve their country, not their own political interests, that knows that big government isn't the answer, that knows that we have to defend our Second Amendment rights unequivocally, that is unapologetically pro-life, that is more in vain of President Trump than John Kasich. That's the contrast that we have set up right now in this primary. That's the way it should stay. The others who are thinking about running have full-time government-paid jobs, and they should do the jobs that the people of Ohio voted for them to do. I think one of the problems that we have in our political system is that people run for one office while simultaneously already thinking and running for the next one. Mm -hmm. This is what's wrong with our politics, and we have to just stand up as voters and say, no, no more of this. We're going to pay you to go there and do the job for us, not to do the job for yourself. Speaking of other people in the race, we have State Senator Matt Dolan, whose family bought the Cleveland Indians, turned them into the Cleveland Guardians. He's in the race. Uh, who else do you expect to throw their hat in the ring in the GOP primary? Well, President Trump has weighed in, uh, made some co uh, nice comments about uh, me jumping into this race today. And I think at the end of the day, like I said, Jack, uh, I think the primary is set up perfectly. There's a two-person two contest, nice contrast. We don't need to spend tens of millions of dollars destroying each other because that money and that uh, uh, benefits Sherrod Brown. So I don't think anybody else jump, jumps in this race, Jack, honestly. I think this is going to be a two-person race with a very, very distinct contrast for voters to pick, uh, choose from. So we'll have you. We'll have Matt Dolan. I know there's been a lot of speculation about Secretary of State Frank LaRose, about uh, Congressman Warren Davidson, uh, and some other folks. Uh, but you just heard Bernie say this is likely going to be a two-person race. And uh, number 45, uh, Mr. Trump said some nice things about you today. I remember you met with President Trump uh, during last primary in 22. And after that meeting, you bowed out of the race. Uh, what did Trump say to you? Did he promise you an endorsement for this race? Or is that anything that you can share with our listeners? No, absolutely not. That's not the way uh, President Trump operates. It's not the way I operate. Uh, that's, not, that's not the way I do business. Uh, that was a situation where it was important to me that we had the most conservative person win, an outsider, somebody from outside the political system. J.D. had an advantage. It didn't make any, uh, any sense for me to stay in a race uh, and where we did destroy each other and possibly have a democrat light big government guy have a chance of winning. So for that reason, I stepped out of the race. That was my idea. And at the end of the day, supporting J.D. 
raised money for JD, campaigned for JD. And it's pretty obvious when you look at my opponent in this race, he didn't do any of those things, mm-hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, I think he didn't even want JD to win. Uh, so you have this contrast. I think we set it up. There are a lot of people that are pathologically anti-Trump, like my opponent, that isn't even willing to say that he'd support him if he were our nominee. Think about that for a second, Jack. Think about what I just said. He said that he may or may not support President Trump if he's a nominee. To me, that's disqualifying. Uh, but, again, to the pathologically anti-Trump, that makes a lot of sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. I would vote for my son's dog to be President of the United States to be a Republican nominee versus Joe Biden because my son's dog would do a better job running this country than Joe Biden. <laughs> touche, touche uh, point well taken there. Uh, he is Bernie Marino, and he is a GOP candidate for the United States Senate. And uh, currently, uh, his opponent is Matt Dolan. Uh, Bernie, I want to give you a chance to say uh, any final piece to our listeners. Absolutely, uh, Jack. This is this is what I would say to every single person listening to this broadcast right now. When Democrats get upset, when they see policies they don't like, they go on Act Blue and donate to their candidates. Mm-hmm. When our people get upset, they go and write Facebook posts and rants. While it makes you feel better, it doesn't move the ball down the field. I'd ask that every listener who wants to retire Sheriff Brown, who wants an outsider, who wants to uh, nominate somebody who will go to Washington, D.C. and fight for them, they go on BernieMarino.com, B-E-R-N-I-E-M-O-R-E-R-E-N-O.com. Donate $5, $10, $50. This has got to be a grassroots movement. That's how we're going to take out Sheriff Brown. He's Bernie Moreno. He is a GOP candidate for the United States Senate, and he's gracious to be with us today. Bernie, thank you for joining us on The Bruce Hooley Show. Off to a break. Back next to take your calls. Okay. At the top of the show, I shared with you, and by the way, the show is The Bruce Hooley Show. And if this voice doesn't sound familiar, it's because I'm Jack Windsor. And I am standing in for Bruce Hooley today. It's an honor to be in the captain's chair. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Jeff Murtall and Alan Rogers, for your work behind the glass. Uh, It's been a lot of fun so far. Now, I want to hear from you. Uh, You remember, by the way, 844-TALK-989. 844-TALK-989. That's 844-825-5989. At the beginning of the show, I told you I'm a collector. Now, This started when I was little. My dad collected things. And I remember that we would go to flea markets. We would go to card shops. We'd go to the grocery store. And I would beg to get a a pack of Topps baseball cards. And we'd crack those things open and, you know, figure out who we got, what it was worth. We'd buy those Beckett price guides. Do you remember those? Uh, This was back in the 80s, by the way, before the proliferation of card companies and inserts and parallel sets. And, you know, it was like Topps, Fleer, Donruss, you know, maybe a few other cards. But that's when this all started for me, was was way back then. And, uh, you know, it's turned into, I told you the story, uh, to collecting things over the years. I've collected books. I also appreciate political campaign buttons, you know, the, the Reagan-Bush campaign buttons. I actually have a an old Mike DeWine for... U.S. Senate button. And uh, I told you that after my wedding on Friday, on Saturday, I was sitting down with my new bride and we were going through our gifts and I received an incredible gift from her uncle Kim. It 
was a is a letter from then governor of California, Ronald Reagan, and it had his autograph on the letter and on a postage stamped envelope. Now that thing's going in the collection. It's probably worth a little bit of money, but I just love to collect stuff. And, you know, Whitney and I really enjoy kicking back and watching American pickers sometimes. And, you know, those guys, they flip stuff for a profit. But what about you? Do you collect? If you do, give us a call, 844-TALK-989. That's 844-TALK-989. And uh, let us know what it is you collect, why you collect it, and uh, whether it's sentimental, whether you pick stuff up. But, you know, the other big thing right now, too, is if you go to, like, Volunteers of America, I think on uh, the last Tuesday of the month, they have everything half off. I've gone there before. You see a bunch of people and they're buying stuff. My guess is they're probably going out to social media and posting those things on Facebook Marketplace or maybe they're going to the local flea market at the county fair and you know they're unloading some of those goods. So put put a little bit of extra money in their pocket, if you will, and, and pad the wallet. I mean, my goodness, food prices, uh, energy costs – Everything uh, since the Biden regime has taken over have gone through the roof. So I'm sure that there are some of you out there that collect uh, in order to make a little bit of money. But uh, I want to hear from you. 844-TALK-989. Give us a call and let us know. Do you collect fine china? Do you collect sports cards? Do you collect stamps? I was talking to a guy the other day who said, you know, I collect vintage toys and uh, everything that I come across I try to make sure that it's in pristine condition. It has a box. So, you know, Whitney and I have in our blended family three kids now, and they kind of like to collect. They're really big into this Harry Potter thing right now, whether it's figurines, movies, books, wands, memorabilia. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of the pesky parent who's always like, hey, make sure that you keep, (laughs) keep that in good condition and keep the box. Keep the box because at some point down the road, If you're anything like me or your mother, you might want to sell that thing for a little bit of money. Or maybe they're like my grandma. You know, when she passed, my goodness, I think there were three bedrooms in her house and uh, they were all filled with magazines, newspaper clippings. Uh, She used to snip uh, box tops from cereal and uh, send those away and get those free prizes in the mail. And uh, I remember my dad actually, my, my goodness, he... He unearthed some dandies. I think there were some Mickey Mantles, some Willie Mays cards. Uh, he had a Rocky Colavito card that was autographed. There was a picture of my grandpa from, uh, I want to say, sometime in the 60s when John F. Kennedy visited Mansfield, Ohio. My grandpa was president of a, the union at Mansfield Tire back then. And uh, when Kennedy came to town, uh, he joined him. And uh, so, you know, those were some sentimental things that obviously we didn't sell. So uh, how are we doing, Jeff? Any any call-ins? Nope, nobody. Nobody's collecting out there, huh? Oh, come on. I guess I'm the only dinosaur. I wondered about that. I mean, um, you know, I, I think uh, we kind of live in this instant gratification, uh, disposable society. And hey, I'll admit, sometimes I go to Ikea and I get that really, you know, It's trendy. It looks cool. uh, But I can't imagine that my kids or their kids are going to get excited about, you know, the little kind of particle board end table that 
might be handed down to them at some point in the future uh, versus, you know, some sturdy oak or cherry piece of furniture that, you know, they can use and reuse and enjoy and tell stories about. Jeff, it looks like I'm a dinosaur, man. Nobody's excited to talk about their collectibles. I mean, I thought for sure, you know, as a kid in the 80s and 90s, those little glass figurines, I thought we'd get somebody to call in and talk about their glass figurines. Cabbage Patch Kids, those were a thing. Do you remember those? Beanie Babies. My goodness. I think Cabbage Patch Cards were a big thing at one point. I remember collecting those. I mean, I'm so old that I remember collecting cards that had like the grease stain on them from the bubblegum insert. Remember those? That was a lot of fun, and they had that smell to them. I mean, the the gum was delicious for about eight seconds, and then no good. No bueno after that. Well, anyway, um, I'm really grateful for the Ronald Reagan autograph and letters from governors that I received from all around the country uh, dating back to 1967. I think Rockefeller was governor of New York and we got his signature. And as I mentioned, James Rhodes, I need to go through the rest of those tonight. So honey, when I come home tonight, we're, we're going to go through the rest of those letters and maybe tomorrow I'll let everybody know what we uncover. But, uh, Hey, um, what else do I collect? I don't know. I collect, uh, calories, I guess 47 years old. I'm collecting calories. My waistline's getting a little more plump, but you know, that's okay. I think we'll, uh, work that off here. All right. Um, one last chance, 844-TALK-989. If you are a collector, and by the way, um, we're going to come back. And when we do, we will have state representative Gary Click with us. And Gary Click is the author and promoter of the SAFE Act. SAFE stands for Saving Adolescents from Experimentation. And it is a piece of legislation designed to ensure that minors do not begin socially or physically transitioning. And uh, Representative Click will talk to us about his bill. And if you still want to call in, you'll have time. And you are listening to The Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 FM, The Answer in Columbus, 94.5 FM in Dayton. I'm Jack Windsor, standing in for Bruce Hooley. It's an honor to be here with you. Uh, Take a listen from our sponsors. We'll be right back.